Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Today we have Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks of the Tedeschi Trucks Band live from the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Derek Trucks made his name as a slide guitar prodigy with a Hall of Fame pedigree. He's a nephew of Butch Trucks, drummer of the Allman Brothers Band, which Derek toured with extensively throughout the 2000s, all while leading his own group, the Derek Trucks Band. Somewhere along the road, Derek met another great guitarist with a Berkeley pedigree, Susan Tedeschi, who, in my view, is one of the best singers working today. Susan was also leading her own group when she and Derek met. Eventually, the two fell in love, got married, and merged their bands into one colossal family band in 2010. The Tedeschi Trucks Band has 12 members, which, just for perspective, is about the average number of players in Duke Ellington's big band. Derek and Susan are clearly an adventurous couple, and it comes through in their music. Although the blues is the band's foundation, none of their albums sound all that similar. This year, they managed to achieve that same diversity of sound on their I Am The Moon project, a collection of 24 songs across four different albums. It's inspired in part by the isolation of early pandemic life and the loss of longtime keyboardist Kofi Burbridge. On today's episode, I speak with Susan and Derek about the beginnings of their band and romantic relationship and how the I Am The Moon project came to be. They also play some of their new songs live from backstage at the Greek Theater just for us. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my conversation with Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks of the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Susan Tedeschi, Derek Trucks, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having us. This is incredible. Never been backstage here. Been here many times. I was wandering around and I saw like a, a sign that said, and it was like for a room that said TTB rehearsal room. I was going to ask you guys about how often you guys work songs out and rehearse on the road. And I feel like I got to see a little bit of it right now. We rehearse every day. Yeah. He makes us. <laughs> it's a 12-piece band. It's a lot of moving parts. Well, it, it actually, it's good because it really just forces us to all be in the room together and get like our minds kind of as one. And right. Just kind of like, started as that. It's just... Uh, just getting together. Right? With 12 people, you don't want to first see each other when you hit the stage. Like you right. want to spend a little time together. So we kind of, we set up like a 40-minute rehearsal leading up to the gig every night where every, I mean sometimes you play two or three songs sometimes you play one or two but it's really just to get everyone in there and kind of you might play one or two songs up. for 40 minutes no I mean there's a lot of just hanging and kind of talking okay. about the set and 
And we don't well, always use all the time. It depends on how many, like when we, after we write our set list, how many songs yeah. we need to go over and if we're rusty or not, or if we have new songs to work up. So like it can last, be one or two songs or it can be 10. Yeah. The first show with this West Coast run, we wrote a set list and we're like, oh, there's three or four. We've only played one time. We should probably run over those. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, you get the whole band in a room and you, you play through the tunes one time to make sure there's something you need to work on. It, the time goes quick. Was that one of the new songs or some of the new songs that you guys had only played once or twice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of all these records coming out is there's so much new material for us to dig into. So the shows are really fresh. Like we're writing set lists now. You kind of can't get everything you want to play in. You have to kind of pick and choose. What goes into making a set list for you guys? If we're on the road playing multiple nights in a row, I know there's certain songs that take it out of Sue or the singers. So you 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 put those on the third night of a three night run or, or you don't do them depends. every night or, yeah. but we, I mean, we, we keep track of what we played in a venue or in a town the last five, 10 years we were here and you look at it and if you repeated a wow. song every year, you kind of leave it off or. Yeah. We try to mix it up and make it, it different up. every time we and, play somewhere. You know, and if you're playing San Diego, LA, it's like a few hours away. Like there's a lot of people that'll make the trip. So you don't mm-hmm. want to repeat the show. There's a lot of bands that play the exact same set every night. Yeah. We are not one of those bands. <laughs> I, I know this from experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys are not that. We are not. But we do have a lot of songs that we'll put in the rotation. You know, we'll definitely have songs that people usually request or like, like Midnight in Harlem or Bound for Glory, Made Up Mind. You know, some of those we'll just throw in the mix and then we'll do all the new stuff. I mean, now we have all these new songs. We have three of the four records we just released that are out. So we have, what, 15 songs that we can play now? You don't want to wear tunes out. So if you play a tune starts feeling a little less than inspired, you just shelve it for a minute. I've been in a lot of bands that have been around a long time, and when you see somebody fall out of love with an incredible song, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, yeah. there were certain songs Greg Almond just didn't want to do because he did it so long. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to get to that point. I mean, sometimes it's the arrangement. Sometimes you have to shake it up and rethink it. And sometimes songs start in a place, maybe it's a four-minute song, and then before you know it, it's a 20-minute song. And Greg's <laughs> like, that's not really what I wrote. <laughs> like, can we get back to that thing? And so, you know, the, these things go through a lot of lives and changes. So we try to constantly stay on those things. And it's a creative band, part of having improvisational players on stage and people that can think quick and think around the corners. They also get bored easily. That's always been a challenge. I mean, back when Kofi Burbage was in the band, probably the greatest musician I've ever played with, you want to constantly throw things at him so he's it's first thought, best thought. That's where the greatest stuff happens. So we we challenge ourselves that way too. Which is saying something if he's the best musician because you've played with Eric Clapton and the Allman Brothers and Herbie Hancock and Santana. There's there's been some... I mean, you play yeah, a lot of great people. Same people. Like, yeah, but I mean, Kobe uh, was different. He was an yeah. alien. I don't know where he I came know. from. People <laughs> probably Elvin went back Jones to didn't you at some point? Yeah, man. I mean, Elvin and McCoy. I mean, those are. You played with McCoy too? Yeah, yeah, he recorded with McCoy. All of that was incredible. I, I had seen McCoy a handful of times at the Blue Note in New York. And, and the guy that ran the Blue Note was doing a record with McCoy called Guitars, where he had different guitar players, I think Schofield and. It wasn't just guitar. It was called Guitars, but Bela Fleck. Bela Fleck. Check this out. It it was interesting, but uh, he asked me, and I was like, of course, intimidated, but I'd love to do it. I got to go by McCoy Tyner's apartment and hang with him for a bit, and we went out to lunch. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm not going (laughs) to ask him John Coltrane questions. (laughs) I'm just not going to be that guy. And we sit down at at lunch and having coffee, and, and he just starts telling Coltrane stories that I'm I'm thinking yes <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just, just what I wanted. but it was beautiful like his eyes just lit up man like he was 20 years younger when he was talking about that stuff it's just oh, and I, I heard a similar thing about the Muscle Shoals guys like uh, David Hood and and Roger Hawkins and all those guys that played on those Aretha records like when they talked about those sessions in particular like just this thing happened to <laughs> they just they got a look in their eye and it was a way with my uncle with Butch Trucks when he talked about playing with Dwayne Allman in those two or three years that they were a band. Like, it's just, every once in a while, when you really ring the bell, <laughs> that stuff stays with you. I wonder about that. Like, I wonder if it's like a chicken and an egg thing. Like, is it that intensity and love for each other and music that they had that made that music so incredible? Or is it the fact that they somehow made this, like, celestial, <laughs> divine music? I mean, I think it's all of it. I, I really think it's, you know, it's the right people, right time, the right, right place. The right chemistry, yeah. Sometimes, the right chemistry definitely will help yeah. create the music. 
because it frees you up. You know what I mean? It frees you up to just let it flow out of you, I think. Yeah. Especially if you're on the same page. Like, those guys were on the same wavelength. Yeah. You know, they can read each other's mind almost at that point. There's that Elvin Jones quote talking about that quartet. And he's like, to play the way we play together, you had to be willing to die with a motherfucker. <laughs> you're like, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. like that's what it, and that's how, that's how those Almond Brothers, those are, that original band and the crew, they were that way. I mean, Red Dog, the roadie, he would have taken a bullet for any one of them without thinking. Wow. And, yeah, and they're absolutely. all, I mean, Dwayne Almond and Barry Oakley are buried together in a cemetery in Macon. And now Greg's there. And now my uncle's ashes are there. Like the Your six original, oh, yeah, the original amazing. six the members are all going to be buried. In I've never heard of that. That's so like, beautiful. That's an Isn't incredible that beautiful? thought. Yeah. You know? And Chank, who just passed away, who was Gregory's best friend for many years, he's, he used to go and he told Derek too, like, he, didn't he, he bring you? No, he picked to, me up there after, after Greg passed away. We went by the graves and he, he was like, I've been coming here for like 40 years, at least once a week when I'm home, and I'll just come, he just go roll a joint smoking, just so talk beautiful. to them, like just fill them in on things. I was I was like, Chank, if I ever have a friend that's 1,000 <laughs> that cool and loyal, like how lucky well, I'm to sure have a Susan person will like be that. going by and, you know. She, yeah, she might stop by. <laughs> having a smoke and <laughs> telling stories. She's going to outlive me. <laughs> I don't know about I'm, that. I'm almost 10 years older. <laughs> Speaking of like chemistry, like it's kind of amazing that you guys have a 12 piece band, 40 minute rehearsals aside, like how do you f find a way to get 12 people in a room, in a room on Some the same page, communicating telepathically engaged, wanting to push them, you know, like, yeah. it seems like an impossible task. Sometimes we don't all fit in a room. Sometimes, you know, you have like the horns in the hallway and singers in the bathroom and, you know, everyone kind of bleeding into a room because we don't always fit into backstage rooms. But for the most part, we're kind of in like little groups. So you'll have like the horn section together. You'll have the three singers together. Then you have Derek and I and Brandon. And then you'll have the drummers. It feels more streamlined because... The drummers are a unit, and the horns are a unit, yeah. and the singers are a unit. Like so, Sue that's saying. three groups. So it, it makes it almost feel like a six-piece band. Yeah, at times. and then you have like Gabe they, and Derek Everyone's and thinking that yeah. way. Even more than that, it really is about the chemistry, and it's about when you're on the road for years and years, you meet people along the way, and you think someday I want to play with that person, and you kind of keep that in the back of your head. It's like when we started talking about this band, and we started talking about a horn section. She was like, do you know Kebby Williams? I was like, yeah, that's who I was thinking about. Kebby's the guy. Like, he's just got we vibe for days. <laughs> he's just, he's got such well, a unique sound. Such a beautiful tone and yeah. melody. And he can play anything, any kind of style of music, anything. But he also just, the vibe, like you said, his chemistry with everybody. He's such a good person and he's so sweet. And, yeah, and he's and, fearless. You know, he's, and he's, that has to be a big part of it, right? It's like, a big it's part the, of it. The personality. Good, the Good attitude, yeah, totally upbeat together. and positive. You gotta like each other. He definitely likes to party, get out there and sit in and, you know, play with different people all the time too, which is really nice. He has a lot of friends and a lot of places and we're very lucky to have him in right. our I mean, band, it, and honestly. It, it's great. Like this band, we'll get done with a show and if we're staying overnight, sometimes within... 15, 20 minutes of the gig being over, somebody will call and be like, I'm at this jazz club and Ephraim and Kebby are here sitting in already. <laughs> like, no so, I mean, they're incredible, man. They just like, they're just always oh, yeah. looking for music. They're ready. Brandon's a ready. A day too, off, they are Isaac looking. Now. They are like, they are mixing it up. Our with young blood. Wherever we are in the world. Like, I've, I've ran into Kebby on the street playing some guy's trombone. <laughs> it's incredible. He did, they, I mean, they beat people everywhere. And it's, it's a fun band that way. It and really actually, is. we have band members literally ranging in four decades because we have people born in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s wow. in this band. So yeah. if you think of it that way, it's kind of it not an only American band. it's an American band. <laughs> and it's very diverse, you know, background, ethnically, yeah. religiously, Absolutely. all of that, which is so beautiful. And, you know, it also just helps the audience understand, you know, this can be done. Yeah. Like, we can do better in this world. Like, yeah. look at us. Yeah. Look how much we love each other. And then they're like, holy crap, you do. And then they have a more open mind, and then they start to love more people. And, you know, we're just trying to spread love at the end of the day. We're trying to make people get along. You know, I became aware of you guys maybe, I was, must have been 16, 2006, 2007. In 2010, you guys start Tedeschi Trucks. By that point, I knew you guys were married. But I didn't quite realize you guys have been married so long. Since 2001. You guys really are like a family band. Like, I imagine why you guys ended up merging your two separate bands is because you wanted 
to spend more more time, time together. together. Yeah, totally. He was ready to do this project. And then when he asked me, I was like, well, I better hop on the bandwagon. I don't want to miss out, you know, <laughs> even though I was like finally getting centered and, you know, and having my solo band do good. But at the same time, I was like, heck yeah. The idea of like creating art with your spouse or with any family, and you must know this from your time with the Almond Brothers, like it yeah. feels like that can be a fraught experience. Well, I mean, we waited a long time to jump into this. I mean, we bought a house together, we got pregnant, and then we got married. We were together for 10 years, and then we were like, I think maybe we could probably start thinking about putting a band together. <laughs> like, we, like, we didn't jump into right. it, you know? We thought long and hard about it. Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, we had been on the road. We'd even experimented going out with her solo band and mine, and then we put a... Before the Tedeschi Trucks band, we did like the Soul Stew Revival, Soul Stew Revival, which is kind of half of her band, half of my band. And just to kind of feel out how it would go when you're that passionate about what you do and your soul focus when you're on the road is that you have to make sure that your thing is compatible because, you know, you both love what you do, but you don't know if it's going to yeah. work. And it took us a while to really find our thing, but a good portion of it existed right out of the gate. Like our chemistry when we played together, is kind of one of the things that brought us together. So I think we always knew that we wanted to do something. It was kind of inevitable. Well, his guitar playing and my vocals, like it was always very easy and natural. Like almost like we could finish each other's sentences, you know, on stage yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of right out of the gate. Yeah, right out of the gate. So we definitely had that connection. But then it was cool too, because, you know, he obviously comes from more of a jazz world. Even though I went to jazz college, he knows a lot more than I do about jazz. It's just more in his wheelhouse where I, I think with me, it was more, I guess, country and gospel music, you know, folk music, people like Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, artists like that, Mahalia Jackson, stuff like that. But then he also loved Mahalia. So he's like, you love Mahalia? I love Mahalia. You know, I'd be like, oh, do you have this record? He's like, yeah, I love B.B. King and <laughs> Albert King and Freddie King. And, you know, so we realized a lot of the things that we had in common. But then also we turned each other on to stuff. He turned me on to Sun Ra. That's a good first date. Yeah. Music, He's Sun like, Ra. do you know this? I'm like, no. <laughs> Space is the place. Like, it was awesome. We had a hard first listen. We actually, we brought her on the bus. Uh, it was me and O'Teal Burbridge and... We would travel with Greg on his bus. Greg Allman. Yeah, yeah. Greg Allman. And then we brought Susan over for a hang and had this Sun Ra film. We watched some of that. And then we put on like Liberace. a Liberace Christmas. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. See how this goes. She's like, this is incredible. Wow. Was it the, was it the Space is the Place film? Oh, yeah. Film? Oh, yeah. One yeah. of my favorites. It was bizarre. awesome. Totally bizarre. Like makes no sense, but it's like such a cool watch. Yeah. And the music so out there. fun. Yeah. So, so she Liberace. made it see like, that. Yeah. History is his story. Mystery is my Mystery. story. I was like, yeah. So I was like, I love this guy. So fantastic. I was like, wait, he's got tinfoil on his head and he's talking of Saturn. This is great. I'm in. But and he doesn't of, even do drugs. It doesn't do drugs. Just lands like, yes. in the, the youth center in Oakland. Yeah. I, ha of course, had to try to turn you on to people. I think I turned you on to Magic Sam. Magic Sam he was a big one. didn't know Sam McGett. Yeah. And, uh, and funny else? enough, Magic Sam and Sun Ra were on the same label in Chicago. I would not think that you're the one turning her on to Sunrun and she's turning you on to Magic Sam, you know? Between starting playing and where we met, I ran into uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton at about 12 years old. And who is he? So Colonel is, is from Atlanta, Georgia. He's kind of like a Frank Zappa character, but different, more Southern and mystical and out. But he just, man, a lot of incredible music came through the Colonel. He would always say, I'm a... I'm a minor league baseball coach, just getting people ready. But at 12 years old, I met him, and he just turned me on to the most incredible music. I mean, he he bought me my first Sun Ra record. He bought me a Love Supreme when I was 13 or 14. He turned me on to Krishnamurti. Like, he was, he was always one of those guys that he would find young musicians, and his thing was all about intention and about, you know, why are you doing it? Where is it coming from? He didn't care how good you were. Like, if you meant it, and you were and you were not BSing. Yeah, you had then he was yeah. your biggest fan on the planet. And he, I mean, he was an incredible human being, incredible life he lived. But yeah, he he fabulous took, entertainer. He played on Frank Zappa's first record. Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah. He was just a fascinating character, man. And he he changed a lot of musicians' lives, like O'Teal, Burbridge, and Jimmy Herring came through Colonel the Aquarium Rescue Unit. A, a lot guys of those guys. From REM, guys yeah, from Fish. Fish, guys widespread. From that widespread whole, guys. That like, whole they scene. All they all revered Colonel Everybody. Bruce. So and he, he I would, knew Colonel before I knew Derek. Really? Yep, we both did. I knew him when I was like 26. I didn't meet Derek till I was 28. 
So I met Colonel about two years before I met Derek. And he had taken you under his wing, yeah. so to speak, as well? Yeah. yeah, he would let me sit in with him, and he was like, God, what? I've never seen... Well, this is outrageous. <laughs> You're a girl doing what? Blues? This is unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't even know that. You even knew what that was or whatever. You know, he'd just say silly stuff. Yeah. But yeah. he was so sweet and so fun, and he was a one of a kind. They only made one of him. And he went out on stage with you yeah. guys, right? He had a lot of the people that were influenced by him on yeah. that stage with him. It was intense. And a sold out show and everybody the in the Theater. audience screaming his name, Bruce, Bruce. 70th birthday. Yeah. 70th birthday party. 70th birthday party. And he, in the middle of his favorite song, Turn On Your Love Light, Bobby Bland. The first song he ever sang on yeah. stage and the last song Fourth he song ever on the encore. played on stage. It's pretty wild. I mean, it was, yep. Fourth song on the encore. So he made it to the encore yeah. to mm-hmm. his favorite song yeah. on his yeah. 70th birthday. and Yeah. Yeah, and that was that. Which was, was really what, what sad. What happened? He's, 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 he had a, a massive heart attack. Yeah. But no, you know, he he was such a he was such a character. Like he just did he did outlandish stuff his whole career. Yeah. He was like uh, almost Andy Kaufman esque with some of his stuff. Like he would just do <laughs> totally. just the most absurd stuff. Uh, I mean, at one point early on, he opened for Three Dog Night at this festival, and he had his band play all Three Dog Night songs. <laughs> But just, but just bent, just bent him. And it, it got so bad, they had to get a police escort out of there. Like, he was he was just fearless, man. He was, like, he was just out of hand. Yeah, so, so he would do stuff. Like, our, my old drummer, Jan Rico Scott, he played with Colonel for years. When I met Rico, he was playing with Colonel. I mean, he would do stuff like, uh, he called it the dead thorax. He'd be in the middle of a show, and he would he would give some signal, and everybody on stage would go limp from the waist up. <laughs> it would just drop. It just stay there for an uncomfortable amount of time to the crowds like what is happening so when this happened on stage at the fox with bruce like everyone thought it was Theatrical. almost like a james brown right. going down right and so no one, no right. one reacted you know it was a really they didn't know and it, it felt like a bruce move it like, like it, it was really do. his whole thing was he's like myth is just as important as truth like it's just like it's just as important he prepared us for yeah it, it was honestly. almost he changed a lot of lives he he was awesome. he made a lot of musicians better you know, he he, he taught did. you the things you needed to know, and he and he broke you of bad habits. And, he did, and ego being the biggest yeah. one. And actually, two of our band members were in bands with him. So Falcon, our drummer, and Brandon, and at different times, yeah, they were both in Colonel's band. Yeah, so, so we, it's it's so kind Derek of a rite of passage and, for a lot. So of the four of us are definitely his school children. Of Colonel Bruce. Speaking of that, it kind of ties in with the Pasaquan stuff. Pasaquan's a spot in Middle Georgia where. This guy, Eddie Owen Martin, St. Ohm, he changed his name to. He was a little bit like the white Southern Sun Ra, but visual artist. He took this place he lived in and just turned it into this just living art piece. And it just became acres and it got bigger and bigger. And it's still there. All different um, mediums. Like was, concrete, he would have, you know, yeah, sculptures. It looks and, like you're dropped and painting and on another even planet, like the, man. You know, he would use tin and and stuff like at like all over the roof and everything. So it really is gorgeous. It's really incredible. And it's called Pasaquan because he believed in these people that were the Pasaquanians, which were all different races that got along and lived in harmony. And so he really believed that there were these people from outer space <laughs> that but, but, came in. Yeah. Saint Ohm's <laughs> thing though, he like it was kind of a safe haven for a lot of the hippies and freaks in the early mid 60s so yeah. colonel bruce would go and hang with saint ohm and met his best friend there and like so we have this connection sort of to crossing. this place so when when colonel passed we finally got by there we realized that our farm in georgia is maybe 40 minutes from Pasaquan. and so we went and visited this place and it's just incredible like if you're ever in, in that Vista, area it's, yeah and it's in the middle of nowhere it doesn't make any sense that yeah. this place exists or that they didn't Very run him out of Republican town Georgia. Yeah, it sounds beautiful though. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quite something, man. That, but, I mean, that's a whole story for another day. It's amazing. It seems like that spirit too. Like you guys have that same thing going on. I mean, you guys are just instead of having Pasquan, you guys are on the road. Yeah, those were our touchstones, you know. I and mean, that's where we made a lot of all the films for these four records that just came out. We actually yeah. filmed it at Pasquan. So when people see those and they're like, "Where is this place?" 
some Buena and Vista, Georgia. Yeah, go. and we brought a camel <laughs> to tie in the Layla Majnun Persian 12th century poem by Nazimi. And apparently, so, it's easy to, to rent a camel in Atlanta. Who would have known? I would. Because well, all the filming, because now the filming, filming the, right. and, and a lot of and nativity for, scenes. Oh, oh, there <laughs> you like, go. You can't get them around November, December. <laughs> it's hard to get a camel. <laughs> so, That's the best bit. Things you have to think about. Busy season for camels. And, <laughs> That's incredible. I want to talk about the poem you just referenced, but maybe before we do that, you guys up for playing yeah. Here, My Dear? Yeah. The first sure. record of your four-disc yeah, opus. absolutely. <laughs> Let's do We're going to pop on our amps. When we come back, Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi perform their new song, Here, My Dear, from the record, I Am the Moon, Volume 1, Crescent. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch Subject to credit approval, terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast, Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. We're back with Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi's performance of their song, Hear My Dear, from backstage at the Greek Theater in L.A. This is a song that Derek started. Um, he wrote this song, and... Um, then we sat around and, and wrote the lyrics together. But this is really a Derek song, um, really beautiful. And it really reminded me, like, at the time, you know, going through the pandemic and being in that moment when we really started writing for this record and we thought it might just be one record. We didn't know at the time it was going to be four records and part of this whole thing. But, um, but it really kind of, it makes you think about, like, where we were at that time. And, and almost everybody can kind of, remember where they were in March of 2020 when all of a sudden the world shut down. I think about this song as kind of, you know, the beginning of the creative process really for this band, for him and I, you know, whereas Mike was writing songs at home and Gabe was writing songs and Falcon. and But this is the, the first one that I remember that really hit me when we were doing this project. And, and it's the first song on the, on the first, first, first song on the first, first one. Yeah, on yeah. Crescent. Yeah, it's kind of a nice introduction to the story too. Kind of yeah. tracks a little bit with the with the poem, but yeah, yeah. here my dear the characters and yeah. As we. 
we watch the world go by There's so much we search to find Oh, the lots of memories gone away Knowing there's so much more to say world keeps on spinning and spinning that's the way it goes here my dear is your melody so sorry it took so long i was lost And that's where I heard our song All the times I made you cry And the dreams we left behind Let's make the future ours to hold And I'll be there as we grow old Leaving our song I believed all along the way The world keeps on turning and turning And that's the way it goes Here, my dear, it's your melody I'm so sorry it took so long And that's where I heard our song Here, my dear, is your melody I'm so sorry it took so long I was lost in the
so sorry it took so long I was lost in the wilderness Oh, well, that's where I heard our song I was lost. <laughs> awesome. Were you lost in the wilderness? I was. I was <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> How do you sing like that? Oh. It's pretty incredible. How do you sing like that? Have you always had a voice like that? I've been singing a long time. My mom said I sang in the crib before I spoke. And then I used to speak in Chinese to them. <laughs> I told them I was from China before I came to them. <laughs> I was a strange kid. I don't know. I've been singing, though, my whole life. And honestly, I wasn't always good. And my brothers made horrible fun of me. And I was just so stubborn. I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then I just kept working at it. What, 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 would, you, what would you sing, like, early on? What well, I, I started doing theater. I mean, I've been on stage since I was about five or six. So I did a lot of musicals growing up. And then I started being in like rock bands at like 13, 15, 16. And then went to college at 17, graduated college at 20. And then started my own band really not until a couple of years after I graduated college. And then just lucked out, right place, right time. Won like a battle of the blues bands, went down to Memphis, came in second in the international thing. And then the first place band wasn't even like a real band. So we got like all the, you know, number one, you know, prizes, which was go play at this festival in Helen, <laughs> Arkansas, go play in Jacksonville at the Spring in the Blues Festival where Derek's from. <laughs> Getting to play so, Jacksonville is a pretty sweet prize. Yeah, well, <laughs> at the time it was $10,000. Hey, well, so yeah, I'm that's sorry, 10, 10 grand when you are driving in a van and making 500 bucks a gig, you're like, hey, woo. I'll take 10 grand I'll today. I'll take 10 grand, right? Exactly. So I won, I won second place at a talent contest in Jacksonville at a country bar, made $100. <laughs> Take that. Wow. Never <laughs> heard of that before. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. It wasn't good. Second place. That's, yeah, that's second place. Uh, hey, yeah. you won, like, Entertainer of the Year in 91 and were presented by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> that's a true Wait, story. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was this magazine in Florida. Maybe it still exists. It was called Jam Magazine, and they would do the jammies every year. And I think I was 11 or 12 and won Entertainer of the Year somehow. And the next year, I had to present the award. I think it was... Marilyn Manson and the Funky Bunch, they were called at the time. No. And they oh, all, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. No, no, bunch. this was Manson's like really? Florida band because he was from, yeah, he had this, and they all wore uh, like skirts and had little lunch boxes and like it was a whole thing Weird he was thing. doing then. I've been looking for photos of this and yeah, I cannot find, find it. something. It's from like 91 or 92. It was 91. Yeah. I saw the. It's, it was very early award. on, but yeah. Was, oh, well, you might odd, have given it in 92 to him. I think I... I because I, yeah. 91 is the award. I, th I think I turned over Entertainer <laughs> of the Year in 92. And you were like 13? 11, like 12, 12. Or 13, would have been, yeah. would have been terrible. I mean, yeah, it was... Know, it wasn't the most comfortable hang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't really have a lot to say to each other. <laughs> What's there to say? Laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is there to say? Yeah, I got to find that. We have good times. If anyone has those pictures or video, please we'll dig them up. We'll send dig it up. along. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like so excited because we got to play Helena, Arkansas, and I got to hang out with Robert, you know, um, Junior Lockwood. Robert Junior Lockwood, yeah. and oh, yeah. and you know Incredible who who man. actually his mom used to date Robert Johnson. Yeah, he so was he direct, would get lessons from him, back. but he he would only hear him in the other room, and he would learn a couple turnarounds and stuff from him. Wow, isn't that crazy? You're one person removed from yeah. Robert Johnson. That's, yeah, it was really just him nuts. and Johnny Shines and Honey yeah. Boy Edwards were the yeah. only ones and Honey that Boy were was still alive. Then. Honey yeah. Boy Edwards, right? Because and he just and Sam Lay was he passed there. a few yeah, years not ago. That long, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Honey Boy was incredible. Honey Boy was great. And actually, Jack Owen was there, too. I, I have a picture of me with my back to Jack Owen, who I didn't know at the time. And I was talking with Incredible Al Cooper in the musician. picture. Oh, Al and then we have a painting of Jack Owen in our house now. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm touching him. And I didn't even know. You guys came along at like such a cool time because not we only really like, you guys have out. the talent, but it's like... Yeah. These people were still around. Like so yeah, Little Milton and, you no, know, feel, like getting very, to play with all your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Levon and Hubert Sumlin. Levon, how was yeah. playing with like Levon out? Like, oh, uh, incredible. One I mean, of the it, nicest people ever. And another so colonelism. He's like certain people, Hubert Sumlin, His daughter Levon, and I are good friends. BB, Amy's like, amazing. Those are angel race people. Like they're just. Yeah. They are. When they're in the room, you feel Phoebe better. King, they're Willie Nelson. They're beautiful people. Amazing. But, you know, I feel like we were very lucky to come along 
at the time because some of our heroes were still alive, but also it was kind of, it was pre-internet. Mm -hmm. It was pre, I mean, we could play two, 300 days a year. We still had and, record stores. And some, yeah, still record stores, but some shows be recorded, but it wasn't like everything you played was on YouTube the next right. day. Like you could, you could experiment and you, exactly. could, you could be that not great <laughs> and work on it every night. Does the idea of that, that what you're doing could end up on the internet the next day or that night, does that affect what you well, do? The, the way it affects us is we, when we release a record, we don't play any of the new material until the record's out. Where before, you would just work play that it stuff until up it would until. Come out. Wow. And then you'd really have it down. You'd like workshop it. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but so you now, can't anymore. Now, if you. films everything and puts it on YouTube. And then when a record comes out, nothing's new. It's all material everyone knows. Everyone's so, heard it. And yeah. So we, we have to be careful with that stuff. But we, I don't, we don't think about it. At least I don't when we're up when we're playing. Playing. I mean, you kind of right. It is what it's, it is. It's at so that point. in your face all the time that you kind of forget that it's there. Yeah. So you're not so self conscious. But there are some things you have to think about. Like the the tune "Soul Sweet Song" that was going to be the one single from the four records. We had worked it up and wanted to play it. We're like, we really can't until it's out. Like mm. you got to kind of hold on to it. We didn't play any of the tunes till each record dropped. But that's kind of fun. It gives us mid tour something to kind of sink our teeth a, a, a into a little like fun like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like oh yeah we need to remember all these songs that we wrote and recorded <laughs> a year ago like uh-oh we That's actually why the rehearsal room's don't there. know all of them <laughs> we, we don't. don't we know a bunch of them i mean a lot of the tunes we wrote and recorded like kind in, of right when it happened yeah. and then on the spot yeah i mean some of well, it was one of them literally like one of them to gary you had written the music and then i was writing the lyrics as i'm singing it in the recording session and that's, that's, and that's what's on the record yeah. like wow. and i was like all right do it again and i have a second verse now i'm like jotting it out as it's coming out and it just poured out of yeah me. so were you just like recording a jam and then all of a sudden it it turned into a song well he had the music yeah we were you know we spent arranged it a little 20 bit 30 minutes with the band kind of figuring out where the moves are and what's what and then it just kind of took on a life of its own and sue's in her vocal booth humming melodies and singing along. And then Derek's we, like, oh, what's that melody? Do that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wait, well, I think that. I have something that goes with that. He's like, okay, we're going to play it again. And then we'd play it and yeah. then it would just pour out and we'd record it. And then All the Love was a lot like that, except for the bridge that we went in and wrote when I was when I went back in to sing it. But the other stuff, I mean, it all happened in the moment too. Yeah. It's going to be 24 songs total, which is that's pretty staggering. Because you guys are like on the road all the time. Obviously, March 2020 when things kind of yeah so you know, March 2020 until May of 2021 we didn't tour and then May of 2021 was the first time actually Derek and I did a duo group like just the two of us which was weird we've never gone out as like a duet you know kind of thing so we did a few of those and then we brought Falcon with us so it was trio and then we started building it and then it was four piece and that's how the fireside session started was because we were close enough to some of the band because being in Florida and then our guys in Atlanta and then Gabe who is in Nashville so Gabe could drive four hours or five hours to Atlanta and then we could drive four or five hours up to um Georgia we all met and then we started writing for this project and then we did the fireside sessions which was that band which right. was really a six piece which um, you guys with took on my the road how many people can we cram in one tour bus with a trailer is <laughs> yeah so we literally did a tour with <laughs> just a, a six piece band and all the crew on one bus which was great it was actually really cool so we did that for a few months until august of 2021 where we first got the whole 12-piece back together when we played Lock-In Music Festival in Arrington, Virginia. And then back on the back road. Back on the back road. The 12-piece. Did that break and like that space from tour life allowed you guys to write as yes. the sheer amount? No yeah. doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've never been in a situation where you just have time to, 18 months. to think and be, you know, sit in a room together and work on these things. There's, there's always a deadline. There's always something in the back of your head that you're thinking about, like, all right, we have five days to to write, work on a record, but then we really got to start thinking about the Beacon Theater run and those eight shows and how, how many, so, like, some point you pivot to rehearsal or there's always something, which is great, but once tours started being canceled, we were like, oh, we're not working until the end of the year at best. Right, like, yeah. so we're down in the studio writing and we're up at the farm writing with the band and there was just this beautiful sense of, oh, we can stay in this place. Like, Mike had this great idea to dig into the source material of the, the Derek and the Dominos Layla record, which is Layla Majna, this beautiful 12th century poem by Nizami. 
which Lord Byron thought was the inspiration for Romeo and Juliet. Like it's an incredible story, super rich lyrically. And, but Mike's idea was the Layla record's incredible, but it's just this guy that can't have this woman that he was infatuated right. Cla- with. Clapton wants yeah, Patty fa- Boy. Exactly. This, that's the, yeah. Wife. And that's the, every song is pretty much that feeling. From right. that and, theme, and he's yeah. like, the story is just incredible. And what if we flipped it on his head? Like, what did Layla think about this? Like, what was uh, her take on this lovesick nut job? And, and then from there, um, it was, what about all the other people too? Yeah. I, you, know, how, yeah. you know, the like families and the friends. relationship doesn't just infect and, the two people involved. Yeah, it, it affects right. the you know, whole... And society. Yeah, so that this was Mike's idea. So early in the lockdown, he had proposed, like, what if we all read this? We can't be together. What if we all read the story and we're just thinking about that theme and maybe some songs come out of it? Who knows? Who cares? At least it's something to do. Right, stay connected. We're all, we're all stay, chewing on yeah. the same thing. And, Resume and then meeting. They focus on the... <laughs> yeah. Mike, who is the Harvard English major, uh, yeah. just incredibly he's intelligent, yeah, he's a Harvard incredible grad. writer. He, he wrote up this beautiful <laughs> synopsis with all his dark Which humor and, and, uh, and sent it to everybody. And that kind of kicked oh, you off. You guys got to share that sometime. Yeah, we, <laughs> when, when he's ready, we will. Uh, as soon as he did that, three or four weeks later, we could get tested and families were letting their loved ones leave and come visit us and live with us at the house for a few weeks. And there was just all these ideas and not having to break and go back out on the road. Everyone in the world was stuck at home and your circumstances were not changing. So we didn't have to get out of that mindset. We could stay in that story and we could stay writing and just kind of, it was, it was kind of an amazing time. So there was a lot of music that came out of it. And once there was two or three songs that really were tracking with the story. Like we didn't want it. It's not a rock opera. You don't want it. Not it's a not. Concept, yeah, it's not. It's just a, it was inspired by, and then it takes on a life of its own. But when when Gabe wrote the tune "I Am the Moon," he sent down this demo he did at home, and Sue was crying, and she's <laughs> she's playing it on acoustic guitar, walking around the house, just singing that tune. I was like, I think we're on to something. Like, and it it really sounded like the the poem. We'll be right back with Susan Tedeschi and Derek Truck's performance of I Am The Moon right after this break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. 
The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. We're back with Susan Tedeschi and Derek Truck's performance of the song, I Am the Moon. As you'll hear, the song was inspired by the old Arab poem, Layla and Majnun, the same poem that inspired Eric Clapton's famous song, Layla. You can play a verse of that, see? I, I literally was walking around the house like, Are you made of all your fantasy? I love this song. Lying in my darkness since you left I had all of love revealed to me Now there's only there sing the whole song but you get the idea it was so pretty and I was like and all and it was so descriptive of a lot of the poem like he actually I was like okay Gabe gets an A plus <laughs> he did the mic you gotta play the perfectly. chorus once you okay. can't you can't bail right. on the chorus okay uh, <laughs> it's too good it's just okay. too good I'm fine right. he's back I walk these halls like a prisoner they want to save me from myself They tell me stories You've gone crazier I couldn't use a little help Myself I am the moon You are the sun And look at you Flaming out front of everyone You are a star I am a star Up here spinning alone Oh, so alone You can get the idea. <laughs> Thanks, see that? Yeah, you're welcome. Needed that. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> the world needs that. <laughs> So yeah, we started to talk about the poem, and that definitely led to a lot of ideas. And then after that, started to record them, and then it got so crazy busy because we got back into it that actually our recording engineer, who's also Derek's guitar tech and our monitor engineer, he had to stay home the month of January to mix all of the four records so we could get it out on vinyl in time for this September. Right, because And this the, the was literally, crunch. like, because oh, yeah. the, the vinyl thing is, yeah. like, really hard to get in line. Eight months out, you're, like, so, getting in line. Like, yeah. Like, we got a record. So yeah. it's funny, we <laughs> had all this time, but then it's like, hurry up and finish <laughs> right. so we can That's get amazing. back, you know, so we can get it done. So it's been kind of, you know, a whirlwind ever since. How did you guys decide to divide the, re- like, how, once you had all those songs, like, had, did you, was there a thought, maybe, well, maybe we'll save 12 for, like, a record a couple years from now? I mean, you know, we thought about all that. We thought about releasing it all at once. But, you know, we when we're recording, we have a listening lounge upstairs. And we'll often go up there after a session and just listen to everything we've done up to that point. And at a certain point, it was just too much to take in in one sitting, you know. And then we started noticing, like... I'm sure it's happened before, but I don't know another group that's released a set of songs this way. But as a listener... It's really nice to be able it to sit with It feels good each to take right, it in. because it's so much easier. Like, Derek was actually made a reference originally to, like, some of the great records that you love. They're, like, 35 to 40 minutes long, and they all fit on vinyl perfectly yeah. because that was one of the things that you guys had discussed, too. Like, the fidelity of a record is best at a certain length because you yeah. don't want to oversaturate because then you lose quality as well as sound, which people don't always know. So basically, that was one of the ideas, too. We were listening to Axis Bold as Love and A Love Supreme, and they're like 32 minutes, 34 minutes. I mean, these are these they're are my favorite records of all records. time. And when, you, yeah. when a side's done and you flip it, you want to hear it again. And So um, satisfying. So we, yeah, we were making playlists upstairs, and when it was around that length, it just, when it was done, you're so like, oh, easy to listen great. to. Yeah. And it, you could yeah. soak it in and, yeah. and enjoy it and, and, and they that's each have their too. own experience people, like yeah. you have experience with, I have like I have a very unique experience with each one yeah. the third one happens to be my favorite but yeah. the other two it's still are, are like you know the, yeah. the third one almost was like when I listen to it it's like um, reminds me of like sticky fingers or something like yeah. I just, not that 
the songs are all that similar, no, but, but the, feel, no, but the but same. Yeah. I know yeah, what you mean. Experience I have listening. Yeah, totally. and, the, and there was uh, there was a moment where looking at the back of the a Love Supreme cover, there's just something that that just feels right. It's in four parts. Like just yeah. the, just the, yeah. like when you look at that record before you hear it, you're like, this is serious business. Serious shit, <laughs> like yeah. this feels right. <laughs> yeah. And so we started thinking about like the classic story arc, you know, you have the beginning or the overture or the crescent, you know, and then you have the rising action or the ascension. And then you have the conflict or the fall. And then you have the resolution or the farewell. Like that's, we started thinking about, just that bell curve and the story arc. And that's when we came up with the album titles. And then it was a matter of finding the songs that felt like that part of the movement. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a little bit of a through line in the, the stories throughout the, the whole project, but each one has to stand on its own, you know? Usually you get to the third record and it just falls off. But, but there's like, so many but good I think songs. The third and, and even the fourth favorite. record <laughs> I can't has, wait to. I haven't heard the fourth yet. Yeah, I can't wait kind of to fun. hear There's so many good songs on it. It's kind of like, wait, what? Like there's still good <laughs> songs like to come, but... Oh yeah, it's, it's like kind of it's crazy. Like you guys are pitchers. You think you got your different. Pit. It's like it now we have my, a great like, bullpen. Yeah. Wow, Fishers <laughs> <Wow. Yeah. laughs> like like coming yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We get Kershaw coming up. Yeah, hey, yeah. Max yeah. Reed. I don't know. Exactly. My, my great uncle pitched for six, 16, 17 years in the majors. He was a fastball pitcher. Virgil fire trucks. Wow. He's incredible. Cool family, man. There, there's some I cool know. people. Claude Trucks, my grandfather, yeah, Hatton's Army. He was something. Yeah, there's some good ones. Actually, you're, there's some not so, so good his, ones too. But that's, his grandfather's you know, that's cousin was Virgil, and actually, he went to World War II, and when he got back, pitched in the World Series like two weeks after Field. he got back. Yeah. Whoa. What's his name? Virgil, Virgil Trucks. Fireball Trucks. Yeah. Led the league in strikeouts yeah, multiple Trucks. times. Two no-hitters in 19. Two no-hitters and was good friends with Satchel Paige, and they would go around and barnstorm together. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I want to join your family. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be adopted? It's, That's it's, what I said when I met him. It's and funny. I, when, I married him. And now you <laughs> I got to meet Virgil when he was in his 90s, and, and me and my dad were there, and he was just telling these incredible stories. And when his wife would leave the room, the stories would get really colorful and incredible. <laughs> and then right when she would walk in, he would just turn on a dime. And it would just, I was like, he's a master. <laughs> That's really incredible. And that runs in the family. <laughs> That's true. You have to learn these things. Are you guys okay to play yeah, one Yeah, we'll go more? out on this last song. Um, actually, during the pandemic, it was also a time where, you know, a lot of kids didn't get to graduate because they didn't get to walk and all that. Everything got shut down in March, as you know. And our son happened to be one of those kids, class of 2020. And so we got a couple extra months at home with him before he had to go off to college. But still living in the bubble, um, actually wrote this song because I thought it could relate to like watching your kids grow up and then them leaving, as well as it could be like when Layla was taken away from Majnun. So it could have multiple meanings, this song. It's basically when, you know, right. one day you wake up and somebody that's always been there isn't there anymore. It's pretty and like, traumatic and you when your first child leaves. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like bittersweet. Oh it's like you're so excited and proud of them and happy for them ready. to move on. But at the same time, you're like kind of sad. My one grandpa from Ireland always had Irish bars and... That, this is a whole fascinating whole other day of stories, but um, I wanted to have like an Irish folk song that also tied in this theme. So it's kind of a dedication to our son moving off and then also a f Irish folk drinking song, basically. Drinking songs. Important. A drinking song. Love it. So you can deal <laughs> with all of the changes. <laughs> yeah. Your son going to college. Right? This is called La Dida. No matter how hard you try, all you can do is sigh as the beat of time marches on. Raise our glasses high to this bittersweet goodbye, and we'll say farewell in the morning. Now I watched you 
while you were sleeping and you smiled so big while you were dreaming you do all that you can but sometimes it's hard to stand by and let you stumble on your way So let's raise our glasses high up to this bittersweet goodbye and we'll say farewell in the morning. a daughter i'm sure you've watched them when they sleep and how they smile in their dreams like you can totally picture that right like too much because they're so stinking cute when they sleep and uh, they're like yeah. little angel babies they they are and then they grow up and then they grow too <laughs> my oldest is six and she's just got her ears pierced on sunday and now oh. she's walked she thinks she's an adult now yeah our daughter turned 18 on this last break, and she went and got a tattoo. <laughs> but it's subtle, and it's beautiful, and it's great. But you're just like, well, here we go. Yep. <laughs> so what do you say? But she's, you know, she's crushing it. She's they're, happy. They're amazing and, kids. We're really lucky. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We'll get, we'll get, we'll, you know, get on out of here. Well, thank you for having yeah. us. Thanks to Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks for coming on Broken Record to share stories about their journey with Tedeschi Trucks and their new project. You can check out a playlist of all of our favorite Tedeschi Trucks songs at brokenrecordpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Eric Sandler, Jennifer Sanchez, and is edited by Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you like this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? 
not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.